Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Stopper, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers back on the ice after the last three days being off. They got a game Saturday against Ottawa. 15 skaters on the ice. Kyle Turris placed in COVID protocol. So Yamamoto, Fogel, Perlini, and Benson all can come out of protocol in time for Saturday's game, along with defensemen Bouchard and Cuckoo, uh, Holloway and Turris, uh, also in COVID protocol with Konovalov at this time. We'll tell you the guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply saving a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Tell Brendan, Taylor, and Chris that Oilers Now sent you. Is, uh, well, we're going to go to our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we are pleased to be joined on the line by Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How are you? Doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Oh, not bad. It's uh, interesting times, and it's interesting times because in this day and age, everybody's got an opinion. Some of those opinions are very strong, uh, especially when it comes to uh, a player that's, you know, there's been questions on character in the past and that sort of thing involving Evander Kane. Ken Holland didn't uh, screw around. He said point blank, yes, I've talked to Dan Milstein. There's been multiple reports out there that the Oilers are quote-unquote well-positioned potentially to land Evander Kane. Um, that said, the league's said, hold on a sec here, we got more work to do. Uh, as a guy that's been in the chair before and looking at Edmonton's situation, how would you assess uh, whether or not the Oilers should uh, potentially pursue Evander Kane. What would you do in that scenario? Well, what Ken Holland would do is he would go through his coach, he would go through the players, his leadership group, and see what they had to say, and then he would make his decision. If I uh, were Ken and I did that, and my coach was in favor of it, which I would guess that Dave Tippett would be because you're looking for a spark, I would guess most players that know him, unless they've had a really poor personal experience, generally are somewhat empathetic and sympathetic to another player having struggles. Happens to everybody. And uh, I think the end result for Ken is that, yes, he should. My vote would be that, yes, I would consider it. And I wouldn't consider it in every organization. Some people may not understand this, but, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning have come out and said it's probably not a fit for them. Yeah, I get that. That could be salary cap. That could be their leadership group. Um, That could be a number of different reasons. But for the Edmonton Oilers and where they're at, if their players were okay and the coach was okay, I absolutely 100% would be in. What do you think of the people out there, some of whom are in the media, uh, you know, leading the no charge on this based upon their, I guess, moral consciousness issue. You know what I mean? Like they're saying, well, 
you know what? You can't have that guy. You can't bring that guy in. That guy's a bad guy, and he's you can't have that guy in there. How would you respond to that, Brian? Uh, my first thought is that everybody, and this is the world we live in, but this is the way I've always thought, to be honest with you, is I will um, acknowledge someone else's opinion. I may not agree with it. I would not agree with that. I think players do deserve second chances. Um, I think they come back with shorter leashes. But, you know, when it comes to the media, Bob, I, I see more and more people that just take an extreme view for more self-centered reasons, hmm. to be honest with you. That's, that's kind of my macro. I don't begrudge anybody for it. Everybody's trying to make a living. You have to understand that. But um, it wouldn't sway my opinion. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers are a hockey team. They have a player that arguably would be their third or best, third or fourth best forward on their team. They have a chance to acquire him for a low cap hit and give up no assets. There is risk, but that's a risk that if I were managing Edmonton this year and how the season's gone, that is a risk I would consider. I believe it's a risk that a lot of other teams would consider as well. Here's my thing on this is there's there's no cost. You're not giving up an asset to get him. Zero. Zero. And that and that is part of the equation. It's not just I can't take that player and, and I don't wanna I don't wanna be cynical. There has been a time and I believe I've told stories on this show before that you know, there were certain players that I would go to our scouts and say I appreciate the ranking on that player, but he would be on our no draft list. And I would sit down and explain why. And that's just, you know, that's the way that I see it. Now, those reasons, I'm not going to talk about what they are on this radio show. But, you know, every situation is unique, and you have to evaluate it that way. Yeah. Well, um, and and again, I, I believe there, you know, I think we know there's multiple organizations that are investigating this because the asset required to get them is zilch. There are no, and yes, it, it's funny. Here's what happened, uh, Brian. So the media pushed for three or four days to have Ken Holland do a media availability, okay? And the orders are in a stretch where they're 2 9 and 2. They've used 11 defensemen over the course of the last 13 games. You saw the, the piece on the NHL network. Uh, who was the uh, guy that did it? Uh, Mike, Mike Kelly. Pardon me? Mike Kelly. Mike Kelly. Mike Kelly. Showing that the Oilers were 8th in expected goals for and 13th in expected goals against during this stretch, and they've been 31st in goals for and 28th in goals against. We have really smart people that understand analytics here. Um, but it's funny. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily fit the, their own narratives that they believe about certain players or about a coach. Like, I never thought the Oilers were as good as 16-5, and five, but they were 16-5, and five, and I don't think they actually played that bad during the 10-9-2 stretch, given who they didn't have. Five of the nine losses are against five of the ten best teams in the league, or four of the best teams, because they lost to Toronto twice, and Toronto's a good team. I know that's hard for people to, to hear, uh, but, you know, it, it's, just, it's just kind of funny, right? Like, the, the general manager goes and does an availability, and he doesn't say what people want to hear. Like, he, he, he doesn't sit there and say, like he said, I don't want to give up. 
we asked him earlier in the year, if you're in the top eight, would you move a first-round pick for a player with a contract carrying forward, meaning the player has a contract beyond this season? Okay? And he said yes. And yesterday he was asked in a sort of about way whether or not he'd trade a first-round pick for a guy with an expiring deal. That's pretty much what he was asked. And he's like, no. And that wasn't good enough for the fan base out there. Some. A lot of the fans totally implicitly understood that. It's almost you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, especially when you're... I guess this is what it would be like. Like there was criticism of Nick Saban after Alabama lost. Well, he's lost three of the last five national championship games. Yeah, but they've won the other two. <laughs> it was a, rebu- a rebuilding season for them, and they had their starting two wide receivers that were the best receiving tandem in the country, and their two starting cornerbacks out. This is a rebuilding year for them. Like, I, I, but football, college football, is is mad in the state of uh, Alabama, and hockey is crazy in Canada. It's and and I'm circling here somewhere. Can't here's where I'm going to go with this. Okay, Brian. I wonder whether or not it's just easier to hide in some markets. You know what I mean? Like, there's no place to hide. Oh, yeah, there, there's no doubt. There, there's not a lot of places. I love doing the radio show in Edmonton with you, Bob, in particular. You know that, and I appreciate it. And I don't do a lot of these, but I do like it there, partly because the fan base is so rabid and passionate. But other times I'm fully aware that it's over the top. Uh, you can't complain about that in this business. That's just the way it is. I mean, trust me, I had it the other way in Tampa. In 2008, economy was upside down. Professional hockey wasn't that high on the radar for folks. I would much prefer it the way it is in Edmonton, and yet in talking to people like Ken, certainly Dave Tippett and others in the organization, uh, it can be over the top at times. Too bad. That's what you sign up for in these jobs. Leadership, people say, is hard. The older I get, the less I believe that it's it's hard. It's not that hard to be honest and transparent. You don't always get the reaction you want. Right. But for the most part, that's what leadership is about. Ken Holland, I thought, was very transparent. I could tell Ken was frustrated. Um, and that's a veteran guy that's been in this business for a very, very long time and had a ton of success. So I get it that it's a ramped up market. People want to see the Oilers do well. People are crazy about we got to get the most out of Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Ken Holland knows that. It's still a process. It moves painfully slow at times. Uh, It's not going to rankle. Ken Holland, though. He may have looked a little frustrated to me in that press conference, but he's going to stick to his guns. All Ken has to worry about is making good decisions moving forward. That's all he can do. That's the way he looks at it. And I still think he'll come up with the right decisions. You know, it's funny because he was asked about the coaching yesterday. So here's the deal. If you're a listener to the show right now, Brian, and you think that uh, Dave Tippett should be fired... It doesn't matter what anybody else says. You think that's the case, and so you think anybody that doesn't believe that the coach should be fired right now is just an ass kisser. That's that, that's the way people are. Like that's that's kind of, there are a percentage of people that actually think that way. Like 
I just disagree with you on this. They should coach, or they fire the coach. So what if they've had seven coaches over the last ten years? So what if the coach had the team at sixteen and five? I don't care about the numbers. You're lying. Like, like there's a there's a perception of the fan base out there that is like that, right? That's just you know. And I wonder at times whether or not Brian, over the last twenty months, I wonder if it's gotten worse. Because you know what, it is a challenging time. Some people would say it's been a crazy time, and it adds to further. What do you think? Do you think maybe because of what we've all been dealing with for the last basically two years, it's it, it it's even ramped it up even further? I definitely think that. I was a little surprised that it it almost felt like people wanted to cancel out Dave Tippett, and I just think that's crazy. I know Dave Tippett, the man, not just the hockey coach. The person, the human being, he is. He cares about the players. Uh, he works his tail off every day on this team. He's giving a hundred and ten percent. You never worry about that. You never wonder about that with him. He's coached over a thousand games in this league. He's universally liked by every player that ever played for him. Um, I understand people didn't like, and they really grabbed onto his comments about Koskinen. That's a decision for all the fans out there that when you're the general manager, you get to kind of set some rules with your staff. And it's become more common in this era that you generally, you don't berate your players. Certainly not in the days when I played or you played, Bob. That was just the way it was. The world is different. But coaches haven't lost the ability, in my opinion, at least not under any team I'd be running, to have the ability to point out when a player hasn't played well. Uh, and that's what I took Dave Kippett to be doing there. Yeah, it hasn't played well. He needs to be better. It's deflating. You get it. Um, to me, it, people made too much out of that. you, you got to look at the totality of Dave Kippett's record and how he's handled players and teams. Uh, this guy's an A. He's not a guy you want to cancel out. That would be incredibly foolish, in my opinion. Well, uh, and, uh, you know, Koskinen was coming off a tough performance, and his numbers dropped to 0-5-1 in his last six starts with an 866 save percentage. You know, it's almost like you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. I mean, the coach sits there. We want good quotes, but he didn't protect Koskinen. You know, he would never say that, that's the counter. Well, he would never say that about Mike Smith. And I think that Smith's coming back from injury. And Mike Smith said, yes, he's actually said it before about me, too, in, in the past when I've needed to be better. And didn't mind Koskinen's response. And I, I didn't mind that Koskinen said he was disappointed in Tippett's comments. I did mind that Koskinen talked about his team only scoring seven goals in six games. Because, I, I, you know, let's that, not forget, Miko, you went 12-2 and two when the team was scoring 4.3 goals per game. And I, I just, I had no problem with the fact that he was back in. And, but, and I have some empathy for the position that Koskinen's been in as well. Because of Smith's injuries, it's been uh, very, um, you know, very challenging. He's had to start a lot of games in short windows. Uh, Brian Lott, one more for you here. Would you trade? So I'm going to put the question back to you. Would you trade the Oilers' first-round draft choice at this point for rental? Be it a rental goaltender, uh, a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury, or a rental scoring way, and maybe it's a, a dubious point now based on how Nashville's going with Philip Forsberg, but would you make a move like that right now if you were in Ken Holland's shoes for a rental? Would you move an asset like that? No, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think he needs to do it right now. Now, 
there's still a lot of information to be garnered from this season. We've seen a tale of two teams so far. But keep in mind that the Edmonton Oilers, I mean, they've played 34 games. It's not even a half season. Before we get to the trade deadline, you'll get 50% more of the season. And I would use every minute to evaluate my team just as quickly or as poorly as Edmonton has played in their last 10, 12 games plus. They're capable of playing that well again, how they did at the start of the year. So I wouldn't be, whenever you have time in this business, you need to use it because you don't always get that luxury. Ken Holland still has time to make decisions like that. But trading a first-rounder right now for a UFA to try to influence that is a risk that I would not take right now. Uh, That said, are there things you think that Edmonton could do better as an organization? Yeah, I I think that, you know, I look at Toronto and Kyle Dubas and some of the things he's been able to do. You know, they have a competitive advantage and they're a big market team. The Edmonton Oilers are spending to the max, too, just to be fair to Daryl. But uh, they go above and beyond. They've got staff behind staff behind staff. They've got a 12- to 15-person analytics team. I think it's come up big for them this year with some of the signings they've made, particularly for their bottom six. They're a team that's top-heavy with stars. You could say Edmonton's top-heavy with stars. More and more GMs are telling me you can either have stars or depth. I don't believe that. I, I don't. You can get locked in with stars when you kind of max out on them, but that's a function of time. There's, there's lots of teams that you just go through these stretches where you can or can't have the other, but it's not a certainty. So, yes, I think the Oilers could improve their process. I think that they could do some things off the ice that would strengthen them as an organization. I think that's low-hanging fruit. But most of that stuff comes from the top as in your general manager or even in your, you know, the first thing you do when you take over a team, just for all the fans out there, the first question, what would you think the first question is you have? Bob, when someone hires you as a GM. How are you going to make the team better? That's the second one. How much money are you going to spend? What's my budget? There you go. How much money are you going to spend? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it's not just on the players' salaries. It's on strengthening the entire organization. And things like that, um, you know, I see a lot of teams spending to the cap on players, but when I see teams that aren't maximizing their return as an you know the NHL is a very inefficient market. Okay, what does that mean? It means there's a lot of human error in it. Okay, that comes from not being properly staffed, in my opinion. Wow. And I see a lot of teams that fit into that bucket. Absolutely, you got to take advantage of it. That's easy. Um, I thought that that those inefficiencies would be rooted out of the game back in 2009 when I was hiring people in analytics. And it hasn't changed as much as I would have thought. If you're not running your team by predictive models, then you're probably behind the curve. I know you're behind the curve. And that's how Toronto ends up getting a guy like Michael Bunting for nothing. Yeah, Carter Verhage. Jonathan Marsh, so we could name names all day long. Another, still I, there. There's one out there right now that's playing that I, I'm going to be really interested to watch, see what happens with Mason Marchman. 
I think he could play in the top six yeah. or bottom six somewhere, be a very effective bottom six uh, forward for a relatively inexpensive price. Uh, hey, Brian, great stuff. Love having you on the show. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. Former general manager, Tampa Bay Lightning, headed Octagon's player agency. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now with the NHL Network, that was Brian Lawton. It is 12.54. We'll get to your text when we return on Oilers Now. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. 12.55 in Edmonton. we got to get back playing games. You know what? It's going to get busy once the Oilers get to the Florida game. they got Ottawa on Saturday. Uh, that is going to be, if I can find the schedule quick enough, uh, Saturday, January 15th, Edmonton plays Ottawa. Then there's a little bit of a break until they start up again on the 20th at home against uh, Florida. Uh, and then they got Calgary on the 22nd, in Vancouver on the 25th, home to Nashville 27th at Montreal, and Ottawa 29th and the 31st and uh, in Washington before the end of the the break before the All-Star break, a quick break, and then we're waiting for a bunch of rescheduled games between February 7th and February 20th. The Oilers could play as many as uh, seven or eight, nine games during that stretch. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Love having Brian on the show. He's been in the chair. He said he can spend in other areas, and what's the number one uh, question? And I said, how do you make the team better? And I was wrong. It's what's my budget. <laughs> so there you go. Let's get to some text on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Fletch from Calgary says, Bob, it's simple. The team plays for Smith, but not for Koskinen. How could you play for Koskinen when he lets in so many bad goals? This goaltending issue is on Ken Holland. We don't need a coaching change. We need a number one goaltender. It's tough being an Oilers fan. And you can text us again at 780-496-0063. Bob, Brian Lawton had some very eye-opening comments regarding staffing in analytics. And again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Randy and Brooks says, I'm okay with the Koskinen comment. Which one? The one that Tippett made or the one that Koskinen made? Uh, again, you can text us at any time, 780-496-0063. Um, you can keep coming at any... Boy, we got lots of people. Uh... Well, here's one. Um, here we go. Bob, for somebody in the criminal justice system that has represented a number of individuals and advocated for second and third chances, this texter says, I'm in an agreement that uh, principles should never be forgotten. However, Mr. Kane has been given multiple chances and has proven to be unrepentant and not willing to change his ways. What is extremely upsetting in this pandemic period for an individual to falsely fabricate a vaccination card suggesting he's been vaccinated is an offense in Canada of forgery under the Criminal Code of Canada. The uh, 
intentional act of fabricating a card where most in Canada have been sacrificing their lifestyle is a direct reflection, says this texter, on Mr. Kane's character. And this latest alleged incident at the border further underscore, underscores the lack of character this gentleman possesses. There is absolutely no logical reason for this organization to sign Mr. Kane. Mark Spector had an excellent piece on Sportsnet talking about at least nine opportunities that this gentleman has had regarding Evander Kane. So uh, there is the contrast to those that are out there that would sit there. You know, you look at it from a hockey perspective. He's a good player. He's going to be cheap. Uh, you can get him for the end of the season, so it's low risk on that end. And he's probably going to be on his best behavior. How many chances do you give people? And I get it. There's there's that there's that issue as well. Uh, where it gets tricky is sometimes you have people that are criticizing other individuals that maybe need to look in the mirror themselves sometimes. And so we'll we'll see where this goes and how it all plays out. Uh, Bob, was that Mark Spector pretending to be a lawyer? No, I recognize. Uh, I don't recognize the text number, so it was not, uh, uh, not what was happening there. All right, we're going to head off to a global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell at 105 today. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. And uh, he, of course, uh, is a prominent Edmonton Journal uh, writer covering provincial affairs as well. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.